Is your television listening to you? And can you use bots to drive business? All that and more. An extended edition of Tech 411 starts now. Your personal guide to everything tech. Tech 411. Tech 411 with Oscar Santana and Todd Moore. Welcome to Tech 411. I'm Oscar Santana. And I'm Todd Moore, and this is show number 166. Thanks for tuning in. Tomo, just when people count us out, we're back in. All it takes is one or maybe two tweets to remind us that we do have this show and we are due up for another episode. Your, your single tweets out there let us know that people are listening and it motivates us to get back in the studio and record. Also a high bar because most people ask, a low bar, I'm sorry, the high bar would be 100 retweets for a show. No, one tweet. Yeah. One tweet All is a reminder, it's fine. Both have been traveling, so uh, not the end of the world. The idea that we are generally um, back in studio on a regular schedule, as uh, I think we're both in town for the foreseeable future. We have so much to get to. This is a plethora of pinatas as far as tech news is concerned. If you don't mind, there is a matzo ball, an elephant in the room, (laughs) that we need to talk about, and it has to do with overall network security. More importantly, espionage. That's right. Vault 7 was released since our last show. These are the uh, CIA hacking tools. We've had uh, two releases by WikiLeaks. First was uh, part one of Vault 7, part two called Dark Matter. Uh, Interesting release, which uh, seems pretty legit in terms of certain exploits that the CIA has been using. Uh, a couple ones that I think we should highlight is Please. one that you're really interested in, and that is hacking the Samsung TV. Yeah, and I need to learn more about the do's and don'ts of purchasing, uh, I guess, gateway equipment. By gateway, I mean generally high-end televisions that I have no business buying because I bought my Samsung, and one of the models is a 2011 uh, UD8000 because it was the top of the line, but I was more enamored with the size of the bezel, of basically how thin the television was than the actual quality of the screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, It turned out both are comparable, not 4K at that time, clearly. But more importantly, I read the story and I said, whoa, well, it's about right. Like, that's about right, that I would buy the one one highlighted, uh, I guess, series of sets that is being tapped into and listened to. Now, that is the Mm -hmm. one TV that's still considered smart in my household. And as I told my wonderful fiance, Shannon, I said, babe, if they're listening to us, we've got bigger problems, (laughs) right? And we're talking about Weeping Angel. Yes. And that's the CIA tool that was created by the Embedded Devices branch. um, Why Weeping Angel? Why that name? Weeping Angel. Some of these names are hilarious. Uh, Remember, these tools are created by uh, very smart hackers that probably have a good sense of humor. Okay. Uh, And uh, so Weeping Angel was the name that they... They gave this particular hack, which transforms uh, the Samsung TV into a covert microphone. Um, This attack, again, against Samsung smart TVs was developed in cooperation with MI5 uh, in the UK. And after your TV has been um, hacked, it puts the the TV into what's called fake-off mode. And this gives the impression to the owner that the TV is off, right? The LED is off. And uh, it 
but the, the TVs continued to be powered on and it operates as a bug recording conversations in the room and sending them over the internet to covert CIA server. Wow. Sounds pretty uh, impressive. But uh, there is some good news. Apparently, you need physical access to the television. Oh. So unless you're uh, allowing people to come into your home, chances are they're not going to be able to hack this over the Internet. This is where I lose any credibility because I thought they could just I would update some rogue app on the Samsung App Store, which is absolutely garbage at this time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that's how they would get in. Well, it probably could come from a. Well, I I think this in order to do the like fake power off, you'd you'd have to come into someone's house with a USB drive, plug in, and kind of update the firmware. A lot of these hacks, that's what that you okay. know requires getting access while the device is booting up in order to modify firmware and, and so things like that. I technically have an air gap. Well, I don't know. Is your TV even? It is on the internet, right? It so is. That that's not an air gap. Oh damn it! <laughs> I thought it was your classic honeypot. No. <laughs> I've learned these terms over the years. I still don't know what they mean. That's fine. An air gap is when a computer's not hooked up to the internet whatsoever, yeah. right? That's right. There's okay. no way to contact it over the internet. Got it. Got it. Now, that said, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that, is it Weeping Angel? Yeah. That tool was developed by the U.S. government? Or do they know who developed it? Or are these just tools that the U.S. government was using, alleged uh, in the hack? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these hacks come from just vulnerabilities of devices that are out there. There was a lot of Android phone hacks, a lot of iPhone hacks. Some were already known. Um, others were considered, you know, zero day, unknown exploits that, um, you know, for whatever reason... If, if uh, the CIA or another uh, firm discovers these vulnerabilities, um, why make that public, you know? And so really there could be public outcry over, hey, you know, let's, why don't you help Apple and help Google and help Android and all these, you know, these television make, why don't you help them secure these devices? Well, that's not in their, uh, you know, that's not their job. Their job is to collect intelligence. And so... Uh, you're going to do that using these types of exploits. Uh, another one of my favorite exploits is called Ricky Bobby version 4. Oh, nice. Yeah, so this tool will infect Windows machines. Um, it's comprised of several .NET DLLs and Windows PowerScript. It basically allows uh, them to take over your machine um, Ricky Bobby runs as a trusted Microsoft signed process. It can be installed uh, remotely or with physical access to the target computers using batch files. They have a script called Cal. Mm. You may remember Cal is Ricky Bobby's best friend, shake and bake, baby. Well, Cal is a, a, another tool that's used along with uh, Ricky Bobby to take over Windows machines. Todd, your background is in network security and, you know, as far as the tools that are now available to the good guys and bad guys, are you shocked by any of these and how the industry overall in the past, I would say 10 years has, you know, grown leaps and bounds compared to what was essentially available 10 years ago. No, I'm not shocked by any of this. Um, We've always what's... said that those mics went both ways. Jokingly, oh, yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. And no, I, I, the thing that shocks me is WikiLeaks is getting this information. Um, uh, for good or bad, I can put on my 
my CIA hat and, and say, you know, this, this is going to hurt them in their intelligence gathering. Yeah. And, you know, there's some people that say that their mission is good or bad. Um, I think overall their mission is to keep this country safe. Uh, can, can these tools be used in other ways to make us unsafe? Absolutely. Yeah. So you, I put on That's the other hat as just an American and I'm like, well, if they can hack my TV, if they can hack my smartphone, you know, that's that's not good um, for for us as a country. So, you know, I think it's good that these leaks, you know, came out in, the, in terms of, you know, it's good that, you know, these manufacturers are going to do something about it. And they're going to make sure that these uh, these loopholes, these bugs, you know, these hacks patch day. Uh, yeah. Get patched. And uh, we're all a little bit safer for it. Do you, do you believe that? Uh, but the shocking thing is that this information got out, and and we're seeing that a lot this year. A lot of leaks uh, coming from the government, you know, coming from the federal government. And, and and just for some context, you probably Todd doesn't really talk about it, but he, I mean, he worked for CIA, so I mean, you have a little more, not necessarily on that, on and as far as a program is concerned on that on, on these uh, programs, but I mean, actually, I don't even know what you worked on because you never tell me. That's part of the CIA, yeah. I imagine. And that's nobody with a with a with a TSSCI clearance. Probably a lot of people out there, and especially in this area, DC area. Yeah, and they don't. Nobody will talk about. Nobody that. will talk about. And it. honestly, in many ways, that's why I wanted to go commercial because I, you know, happen to like talking about what I work on. Yeah, uh, that's one of the annoying things, you know, working for the federal government in in those classified realms because it's classified. Yeah. If um, I if I go to one more cocktail party, not that I go to many, but I actually used to go to more as a younger man. Probably fell out of so, some uh, few social circles as I went to school and lost friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, people would always say they're a contractor, and I'd say, oh, "Okay, you work mm-hmm. for the government." Yeah. And then I'd ask them another way because this is what I do for a living, technically. And they still go back to that same. I'm just a con- I'm a contractor, and it, there was never an opening to say, "Oh, you were here. Let's talk about that." Not because I needed to know what they were doing. Yeah. Eventually, I got the hint. I said, "Okay, this guy told me he's a contractor. That uh, this is the fifth time I've met him. He doesn't want to talk about his work. He clearly is a government spy, and I don't need to know more than I don't need to know. So I'm going to move on to the cocktail party. Yeah. Right. And you the know, cocktail wieners. He's not going to be talking about Weeping Angel no. or Ricky Bobby, uh, Ricky Bobby, Beasting, Fight Club, Jukebox, Bartender, Flashbang. These are all uh, the hacker tools that have been released. There's, there's <laughs> McNugget is one of them. I love these names. So uh, when I see these names, I'm just like, you know, these are guys like you and me that maybe, you know, learn if you spend their days looking yeah. for these ex- exploits, but they probably have a good sense of humor. Um, Can that software be programmed that if you don't have a certain key, you can't use the software? What do you mean? Like if, if so, if the government is using this and then some of the news reports alleged that some of these tools are, be, are on the open market, right? Right. So if they're on the open market, I, I guess ideally the question I'm answering it, anybody can use them. That's right. But you would imagine if somebody builds something like this, they would have built some sort of fail safe that says you can't use this unless you do this. Yeah. Well, the New York Times came out with an article that kind of said hey you know let's not worry too much about this this uh wikileaks release um because there was clearly some overreaction people Um, were going nuts and a a lot of the you know people were really worried about um instant messaging apps and uh, such as whatsapp signal and whatsapp these encrypted you know messaging apps 
I, I think it all came from a tweet from WikiLeaks where journalists just did not dive into this um, uh, stack of you know information. They just instead went went with the tweet and said WhatsApp and Signal isn't secure. The CIA can hack that. It turns out uh, through a New York Times report that is not true. You know the way I always look at encryption, okay, is at some point the data will be decrypted, right? So usually in, in, in the transmittal of data, that is, I'm typing a message in WhatsApp and I'm sending it to you. Uh, when it goes from my device to yours, it's, you know, end-to-end encryption. But once it gets displayed so that you can read it and look at it, it's unencrypted. So at some point, these, uh, these endpoints will decrypt the data and, yes, uh, hacker tools can then intercept. You think of keyloggers. How are you going to beat that? If you have a keylogger, you're going to know what I'm typing, you right? You change that password, you're going to know. You're getting that data, you know, as it's unencrypted before it's being sent out. Same with screen grabs. If you can see it on the screen, you could technically have software that's going to intercept and grab your screen and, you know, convert it into text. And so even though it, these apps are end-to-end encryption, at some point they have to be decrypted, and that's where they could be intercepted. So essentially, it doesn't matter... Because that information is going to be found out regardless if somebody really wants to find out, find it out. Well, and that's what a lot of these exploits do. They give you, you know, control um, over your device. So even if you're using WhatsApp, they would still be able to see what's on the screen. So, you know, I always, you know, my 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 thought is anything you send over the internet is is public domain. So if you be have that mindset, you'll be careful what you put on the web. Absolutely. Fair? Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I'm glad you really unpacked that for me. Uh, and I'm sure Shake have, and bake, baby. Yeah, we have listeners that, you know, heard this headline and that's all they got. They didn't get the yeah. the real real inside look on how Well, there's so much data there, dude. I can't. Be. I couldn't. I, it would be a full-time job for me to peel open the 8,000-plus documents. But from a high level, uh, there's some interesting stuff here. Um, and, you know... Yeah, we, we should all make sure, as a consumer, what can we do? Well, make sure you have the latest and greatest version of iOS. Always update. Uh, Apple and Google are constantly making security patches, and I think it's important that uh, we keep our devices up to date. Let's uh, seamlessly transition from uh, espionage and exploits to the world of social media which allows and has become a powerful platform uh, for taste-making, news-breaking, and also uh, overall social interaction. And, and the reason why I bring this up is this is actually an article of, or a story that, that will break the day we're recording um, this episode on 60 Minutes. So you'll be able to see it on your on-demand or cbs.com. And the overall gist of the story and from the preview, and we have some um, corroborating stories that that really highlight the value of a trending topic on Twitter or Facebook and how hard or easy it is to create your own trending topics. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a lot of layers to this story, but essentially uh, the Twitter and Facebook have uh, interaction. And as far as um, they value interaction or retweets or likes, and they give a sense of power rankings to, an article or story or tweet 
that is getting a lot of traction. Right. And that traction leads to exposure on a local level or national level uh, and really dictates what is being talked about on these platforms. In turn, the other side of that traction is also monetized, where there are ads that are placed in front of stories or mm -hmm. videos um, or, or ads that are placed within feeds of, this, of the people that are generating these stories. So there is a direct impact on the advertising side and there's a direct impact on the user side, uh, let alone, depending on what the story or tweet is, the overall uh, price that society would pay if the news is relevant or it is fake or is being manufactured. And of course, you're talking about bots. Yes. And what uh, bots are contributing to on social media? Um, I'm looking forward to this 60 Minutes report. We haven't we haven't seen it no. full, but they talk about how Twitter you can pretty easily game the system by hiring uh, a series of bots. And on the show, they hire 5,000 bots to to retweet your for tweet. a couple hundred dollars. It looks like yeah, cheap, yeah. cheap. Uh, why wouldn't you? If you wanted to get your message out to people, why not just spend a couple hundred bucks and then That's... have that retweeted 5,000 times and get into like a trending topic? That's ultimately how you get things to go viral, right? Which in turn creates a, it's a catalyst, right? Mm -hmm. uh, from, to go from your local regional trending topics so for the D.C. area where we're located to a national trending topic. Right. And, and how quickly you can get your message or your narrative or your product and our marketing side in front of millions of people. You know, uh, it recently came out uh, earlier this month that as many as 48 million Twitter accounts aren't people. They're just bots. And to, to bring up your point, you know, that, that's got to suck for an advertiser who is paying good money to get, Real their, dollars. To get their branding message out and all of a sudden, they're getting back these reports that say, oh, yeah, you know, you've got all these people that have liked it, retweeted it, and you don't know if they're real or fake. Yes. And that's the key because you are being charged on that impression level. Oh, yeah. And if that impression level is essentially fake, I mean, someone, someone could make the argument to, and say, okay, well, technically, you know, you have made an impression and maybe the group of retweets and... Uh, bots has allowed your message to garner some sort of traction, but it all depends on what you're trying to push. And right. the only perspective we have internally here at Tech 411 is out of the the group here is that Todd, you've done advertising on Twitter. I have, um, and I wasn't impressed with the results, to be honest with you. And you know, I know Twitter has a serious problem. They they're not ha they don't have a growing user base, and I always have thought that Twitter is mostly a bunch of bots and just a bunch of messages being put out there. And even this month, I, I used the Twitter API to auto post messages to uh, my white noise app. So now, and I've done that with Facebook as well. So both all, all of these social uh, media platforms, they offer up what's called APIs that allow developers like myself to you know, programmatically write and send messages. So that's one of the things I do is my, you know, on my white noise app, whenever I post new sounds, it just gets done automatically. There's a lot of software tools that do that for people, allow you to schedule messages and send them out. Um, but the problem is I just think, you know, that's, <laughs> we're, we're just, we're having so many people just push so much stuff out there 
that it's all just becoming spam, like it's being overrun. It turns by spam. into white noise. Yeah, actually, yeah. Right. And I did another test, which I thought was interesting um, this uh, this month. And my social media guy, mm-hmm. he um, he said, "Hey, man, I got some new software that you know will got it from the Russians promote any article." Um, on on Twitter for you, and I'm like, wait a minute, no, I don't want to be part of like some botnet where it's just a bunch oh, of fake accounts. And he goes, wow. no, these are real accounts. These are real people. Uh, no, uh, no but, egg avatars. But they're looking for good content that they can send to their followers. Oh, that's interesting. So this was kind of like a, a hybrid of your. I'll share full your out info. Bot, you know, but it, it has to meet quality. certain. It's got yeah, it ha- to meet certain standards. I tried to promote one thing, and they actually kicked it back and said, "No, that looks like too much like an advertisement." Oh, and then I tried to, you know, we gave them. Uh, I have an arcade, how to build your own arcade machine. I've article. seen that. Yeah, I've seen the arcade uh, machine. That's most hit uh, on my claim blog, to fame. Toddmore.com. Uh, so I said, yeah, "Let's just try it," and it got approved, and it's been running all month, and I've had hundreds of people tweet out my art. It was so interesting to see hundreds wow. of people that tweet out. Um, my arcade article, and they're they're tagged me, you know, so I'm seeing it in my yes. feed, and I was kind of blown away by that. And I was like, well, that's that's a quality marketing investment. So the question becomes, did it work? Um, Do you have more followers uh, on Twitter now because of the article? That I don't I don't believe so. Okay. I mean, I know I picked up a few here and there, not enough to be material. Where you're like, whoa, right. And so, you know, just looking at, let's look at the analytics for Todd. I'm pulling it up right now. I want to see, you know, uh, this has what, this, this is what I love about Todd. Done like he needs anything. to see data. Yeah, I got to see data, the or it didn't happen. Right. And you know what? Uh, it's pretty flat. You know, I get uh, roughly 500 visitors a day to my blog, and uh, and I barely po- ever post anything. Most of it's to that arcade article, but um, I, I haven't seen any bump. You know, so. Mm. I haven't seen. So I have all these people that are like tweeting about it. You think they would have read but, the article. Uh, when I look at the the data, it doesn't look like it's it's causing any kind of effect. Man. So that's, you know, that's interesting, right? Like, the, so do they work or not? You know, or just because just, you get a bunch of retweets. Is it an ego play where you're like, yes, hmm. I'm getting retweets. And right. maybe this is why people. I, there's, no, I, I, th- I think it's a, it's a tool that's used. You want your story to pick, get picked up and go viral. And I think the more and more I think about it, like I don't think you can go viral unless you use tools like this. Uh, I, the one instance, and recently, um, Reverend Payton's Big Damn Band, right? Uh, a band that they actually have a podcast um, with uh, affiliated with the Big Owen Dukes Network. Uh, and you can find it on BigOwenDukes.com. Check it out. They're good people. Like, just awesome. And they're a successful band in their own right. And the reverend uh, was simply just doing what the reverend does. It's just being a man and uh, either uh, tackling a grizzly bear or uh, he's shooting a shotgun. And he had an actual, if I'm not mistaken, a shotgun guitar made, um, custom made for him, right? So you can play it and then shoot it. So he he plays it and then shoots it. And then his video within two days had over 4 million views. Mm. But that is original. That is organic. It was real and true. And he probably has real followers. Yes. Yes. So that's always important. He does. 
but that's the only time I've ever seen someone in my circle. And we have some pretty uh, influential friends do this in that manner and break out right to a level that agents are calling them and asking them to represent them for the rights of that video. And it just became a whole thing. And uh, true to form, all they care about is their music. So that's all they're going to do. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I, I, outside of that world, I really believe that it is manufactured. Right. Because there are some stories that I see in my feed and I'll click through. And if I really like an author for an article, uh, I've been uh, retweeting a lot of Forbes articles lately because mm-hmm. I really like one of the, this one author. And I follow him on Twitter now. But I don't know if enough people, A, are doing it superficially, they're doing it through bots, or they're doing it uh, because they just want to look smart. Right. Like, it's all, it, it just seems like it, it's just a play and a game, right? It is a game. And the, the more and more I think about it, it's like, this is the direction we're going. And I think it's only, scary. It's only going to get worse. Disappointing. Um, you know, and, and you know, you, you you hear the expression fake news and, and you know, these are tools that can be easily oh, I'm sure leveraged yeah. to promote articles that are untrue. Um, I've even seen it with Reddit. Now, there's so many bots on Reddit that, you know, a lot of these uh, political um, subreddit groups um, are flooded by bots to either upvote or downvote based on, you know, what side of the issue you're on. So you, you see that bots are being used in the political realm. Um, and I think it's only going to get worse. Yeah, and it's going to be tough. And I think as consumers, we're going to, it's going to be harder to really kind of unblur those lines mm-hmm. and find some clarity and some truth, whether, and I don't know about politics, I'm talking about just general products. If you, yeah. if you have a, if you're a, a large manufacturer, ideally, if you if you wanted to, you could really create some positive press about your product. Yeah. Right. Like in, every time I launch a new product, I go, how am I going to get that message out there? What's a cost effective way I can get it out there and let people try it? And I'm always faced with that dilemma. And is it the Russian hacking <laughs> or is it the, the well, two hundred dollar uh, bots? Let me tell you, I spent a lot more than $200 uh, when it comes to promoting a product, yeah. you know, and you like to promote a podcast with the Russians, you know, it's and you look at those rates. If it's only 200 bucks, yeah. like maybe that gives you a better value. And if that's true, where are we headed? This yeah, is but, not but good. I, but I think it, the onus goes, it really falls onto the world of Facebook and Twitter and these platforms to, and I don't know if they yeah. can really siphon all that out. Because that's got to go against all their internal practices, the terms of use. Like, that's got to be a line in there that says you can't game the system, right? It's like you, you walk into the casino, there are people that can count cards, but eventually they're supposed to find you and ask you to leave. Right. Gaming the system. It, yeah, and if you look at the uh, the approved Facebook ways, they want you to promote your posts. And that, to me, that just... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm annoyed by that. Facebook like, I, I spent all this money pure. to get followers, you know, and I want to be able to talk to them. Yes. I want to reach them. And you have to pay. You have to keep paying to reach people that are following you. It just doesn't seem right. I think at some point we're going to implode and go back to the good old email sign-up. I'm starting to think about doing getting back to that. Like because, a newsletter? Yeah, Appro- because an approved you newsletter. actually ha- have the ability to, to send them a message where on the social platforms, you have, who knows if they're going to see it. They yeah. probably won't. Um, and, and in order for them to see it, you have to pay for it. And I think I'm getting tired of that. I'm just getting tired of being nickel and dime to reach my own users. Google, in, in, in the same vein, and I'm glad you brought that up, it just, it just jogged my memory. 
that as of this past week, there have major advertisers, the likes of AT&T, really wor- uh, saying that they're not going to continue advertising on YouTube or they're going to take they've hit the pause button until they that Google finds a way. And this is nothing to do with fake news, but an overall way to uh, stratify and break down where the ads are publishing to because they don't want to be involved with hate speech or hate videos right. or anything along those lines. Mm. And I don't know how in, a, in the programming world, how you without going to every channel and saying this is the category. Right. You're going to be able to do that. Yeah, most advertising, you have a few check boxes. Like yeah. these are the types of sites that it'll go to. Uh, it's funny, I just started advertising um, on using Google AdWords uh, a couple of days ago. I heard it's still and, successful. And uh, are yeah. you finding success? Great results. Yeah. A yeah. lot better than Facebook, let me tell you. And But there's like nothing to configure really. No, it's text. It's all machine learning. It's all figuring out, you know, which that's what's amazing about the Google approach is, you know, their algorithms are, are I think, far superior than than like a face, Facebook's advertising platform where like they're going to figure out the best places for you uh, to be advertising. But to bring up your point, you don't really know where. No. Um, and I'm not getting back those results. At least I haven't figured out a way to get those back. All, you know, all I'm getting is, is you know, this is how many users installed your app. Uh, this is what you're paying per install, per click, this and that. And the numbers look good. So, you know, I'm probably going to continue with the platform. I need more data, though, right? That yeah. data is going to be important. And it might be there. I just got to got to learn the tool a little bit better this is all kind of new to me with adwords but yeah it's going to be um i'm promoting my white noise apps and so they they say they're going to advertise on youtube uh the google play store search they have all these products and they're just gonna like figure like all i want to do is advertise on the google play store Mm -hmm. you know that's where the people are looking for apps that's where i want to but they don't even give you that option uh, the system just automatically figures it out and, and hopefully will end up there. Ah, I got it. So you don't see anything. It's almost like, here's my pot of gold. Yeah. Do something with it. I know. I don't want to be in search, but maybe I do. And like the, they're going to figure it out. I didn't even know that existed. That just hit me. Well, that, it, it's, that it's machine learning. I thought you meant that oh, you, yeah. like, you'll pick whatever you want to put it in and what's going to give you the most traction. But you were telling me that they're, they're prof, they're, um, their platform now does that all for you? It does it all for you. And I'm doing a universe, it's called a universal campaign, universal app campaign. Man, sounds and expensive. All I had to do was say, here's the app I want to promote. Yeah. And here's a few 25 character text slogans. And so I'm just like, I just wrote in a few things that I, that highlighted yeah. the app. And then I just hit go. Best sleep. Yeah. Like relax, sleep relax. better. Snooze fast, 2017. Yeah. Probably something you didn't use. No. All right. But things like that. Yeah. And you, uh, probably do something better than that. That was really hacky. What would I, if I was going to dream machine, <laughs> right? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, look, it sounds like there's a lot of options, especially on that side. Yep. What, what there isn't a lot of options for is self-driving vehicles. Oh. And it's uh, not the, the race to the moon. It's a race to the asphalt, basically a robot uh, driving and Uber seems to have had some uh, missteps, not just on the corporate side and not just in the boardroom, mm-hmm. but also on the road as of late. There is a story that just broke. I just got back from Phoenix this past week. I did not see this happen, <laughs> but one of Uber's self-driving cars uh, crashes 
in Arizona. Now Uber has announced that they've suspended its pilot program for the testing of the self-driving cars after one of the vehicles, as I just mentioned, got T-boned. Yeah, the article says Uber the Uber vehicle was not at fault for the accident. Um, if you get T-boned, I think you're the one that was hit, right? Yeah, and I, I think it get, the car got, actually flipped, flipped over. Oh, I, I, like, I, I this was at the a serious photos, accident. I said, Whoa, that's not good. So it's interesting that Uber has suspended its pilot program because of this. There was a person in the car, um, and I don't, and they weren't driving, so they didn't yeah. take over. I think by law or self-imposed law. In the pilot program in Pittsburgh and in Arizona, where they have these cars everywhere, you mm -hmm. have to have somebody in the vehicle. Yeah. yeah, and there was someone in the vehicle that could have taken over. So it sounds like it wasn't um, Uber's fault, but they've kind of they're getting beat up in the press. And in fact, the Uber president uh, Jeff Jones is now quitting, uh, citing differences over JJ uh, beliefs and approach to leadership. Not a very good quote there for when your pirate jumps off the boat, you have a problem. And yeah. I didn't say captain because the captain's clearly the founder. Uh, th and this let's take a uh, lot of people are boycotting Uber. Let's jump into the DeLorean and <laughs> look at really the body of work of what the Uber CEO has done. There was a quick misstep when uh, there was what perceived to be a pro-Trump um, agenda when Uber decided to pick up um, passengers at JFK Airport, which turned in uh, during um, what was essentially the um, immigration ban, as the people were calling it. It's not a ban. It is a ban. Who cares? It's not my, my issue. I'm just saying that's what they called it, right? Mm -hmm. What I will say is this. That social media misstep and the social outcry turned into the delete Uber hashtag. Right. And which gave Lyft, a company who essentially people have counted, had counted out an ability to capture market share, which they have. The first time I've ever seen on the App Store, Lyft higher than Uber mm. within these um, essentially ride sharing apps ever. And it was actually documented. There was, I remember seeing the tweet that Lyft was ranked higher for the first time in its history than Uber. Uh, you, you watch the CEO basically... Um, create some sort of damage control uh, agenda and narrative where he's like, okay, we're not going to do that. Our bad. Uh, we're ac I'm actually stepping down from the, uh, t uh, the tech council for the, you know, the, the new administration. Yeah. And so I'm not going to be political. I'm just going to run my company. Then they catch the poor guy in an Uber, in a black car, arguing, arguing. with an Uber driver who basically say, essentially baited him into an argument. Let me ask you this before mm. we move on to the next two, um, I guess what I would call is data points in this kind of not implosion, but the the rockiest two months Uber has ever seen. There, that video of of which was basically a dash cam, mm -hmm. which portrayed the CEO not in the greatest light, but arguing with the driver right about rates. And the driver was also, in my eyes, very uh, aggressive in the way he responded. Why are you taking my money? And 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 he alleged within that conversation that he had a driving um, service. He had his own black car service before Uber came around, and, and because Uber came around, that lost him uh, $90,000 because now he's got a car that he's got to pay for that he, he was banking on this other business model to run. Uh, and the Uber CEO said, look, I can't take responsibility for your decisions. Like, this is the Ooh. landscape of the business now. Right. But he said it in what was essentially not the, the best. It, it was just he, he was kind of a dick. <laughs> I saw that 
after I had heard that this has happened and I was waiting Ooh. for the worst. Like punches thrown, some spitting, maybe maybe uh, some racial slurs. Right. And I watched what he did and I said, I don't know if I would have done better. I'm not proud of seeing uh, a CEO in that light, but I don't know if I would have done better. What did you think? I have not watched the video. Oh my God, Todd, you gotta watch the video. I am telling you. It was good. It's so underwhelming. Good as in like, good for him because unfortunately, because people don't like actually reading the article or seeing the news, and I'm mm-hmm. not putting you in that category, you're a busy man, I got a lot of time. I, I watched the video four times, and nice. it's good audio for the audio vault because you're sitting yeah. here talking about it on the Michael Mayer show, but I, I'm telling you, I was like, I don't know if I would have reacted differently. If the guy's yelling at me, I'm right. getting out of the car. So the driver was yelling? Yes. Like not being respectful? He was being Did he know he was a, the CEO? A complete dick. He Did- knew who he was. He did. And and it just goaded him into what essentially is going to be a lawsuit, but it just really upset me. And the mm. other thought is this. I've heard that the Uber CEO is very, um, you know, from different interviews, and I did a little research on him when I was in business school, that he is the type of guy that will stay at a hostel, and, uh, like, he doesn't need these ex- extravagant, this extravagant lifestyle. Like, he likes backpacking. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very, uh, like, he just, he just doesn't need all of this. But I think as a CEO... I, I, I guess the idea of you using a black car is pretty cool and you're using your product. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be exposed to this type of bad press, just get a car to drive you around. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, no, you got to support your product. You got to use your product. You know, I use white noise like you've got to use. Yeah, your but you product. can't have someone through that app yelling at you about going to sleep in real time and taping you about it. Well, you know what? Then listen to your drivers. Uh, I think. I, I have to almost side with the drivers here. Like they're constantly getting screwed over, you know, how much they're making. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about this for, for the DC residents here, right? That's all the transition from the worst. And to be honest, like just, you know, that Uber is trying to replace you with a self-driving car. Yes. Like that is their ultimate goal is to not have you work for get them. Get out anymore. of the business. So yeah, you know, I agree. Get, get out. out of the business. Get out while you get see out. the writing on the wall. Get out, man. We all know where it's going. It's going to self-driving cars. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. These drivers are going to eventually lose their job. Uh, but right now, this is the platform that they have to take your point. They're probably making more money now. I agree. Uber probably they make more money because they're going to have a constant flow of customers. Yes. Whereas before, where are they going to, fi- where are these people going to find you, your driving company in the yellow pages? You'd be, you would find maybe one good customer, hold on to them as long as they were in the area. Yeah. And then that would be it. I mean, ideally, um, you know, th- this should be like Airbnb. So many people are saying that Airbnb has changed their lives. They are now able to monetize, well, you know, homes that they they couldn't that that they put up on a website to try a vacation rental website, and you know, you talk to these uh, folks that are advertising on there or putting their their properties on there, they're making a killing more than they ever it, made it, before with any other listing company. It's it's not easy, and not everybody can do it. And I guess the 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 context I have is I have a um, I would say. An acquaintance now, but when I was younger and I worked at WHFS, there was a, a gentleman who uh, ran, and this is an old, a rock station if you're too young or not from the area, a legendary rock station that used a certain line, a certain company for, lim- for the limousine service, right? Mm-hmm. And when Uber came around four or five years ago, he, especially to DC, he noticed that his private car service, that that track was going down. And he, he I remember running to him, he was like, business is horrible. 
Uh, it's terrible time, but it's time to reinvent uh, my company. We're getting rid of all the stretch limos. We're going all black cars so we can take advantage of the actual um, tax break that it comes to buy these cars at the time. Like he had a whole planet. I mm -hmm. said, this is what I'm talking about. Right. Like you, you get rid of your stretch limos and then you go volume wise with all your black cars with those dollars. Mm -hmm. And that's all he ran. Now, eventually it'll all be uh, you know, self-driving, but we're still five to 10 years away from that. Yeah. yeah you yeah. can still capture that marketplace. No, you can. Right? You can. And then when it's time to pivot, you pivot again. You to pivot. Something else. You know, then you get a whole fleet of self-driving cars. Or, or, or whatever you know? it may be. <laughs> or you prepare for uh, a transition, whatever yeah. business you want to get into. Uh, and I know it's not easy, and it's probably easy. It's a little more callous of me to say, hey, man, like we all make our decisions. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes we bet on the wrong horse. God knows I have here and there. We all have. But yeah. that's how you pick yourself up. Uh, so that's the misstep, the video, and I can't wait till you see it, Todd. And if you're out there and you haven't watched the video, watch the video and then make a judgment. Uh, second of all, um, uh, you have what is essentially a a culture problem at Uber, and yes. it is just alleged, whether it's sexism mm -hmm. or it's um, really the... A lot of top executives have quit. Throw of all leadership, who um, has now left in... in um, and Alphabet's suing. Did you know that? Yes. Like they're suing Uber over the self-driving car. So they're they're the, the first three months of 2017 have been pretty bad for Uber. Pretty rough. bad. Um, have you boycotted them in any way? No. I, well, I use Lyft right now specifically simply because uh, they advertise on the Michael Mara show, right? Yeah. If you advertise, I will use that service. That the time that they roll out, I will use whatever's available. Right. But I don't know anyone that's boycotted. One person. Mm -hmm. Asked me if they boy if if, if um I said I you know I boycotted with it and I said, look uh, I go, I'm a Lyft guy because they advertise on, on the Michael Mayer show it's a solid service but the day they start advertising mm -hmm. um you know I'm uh, a free agent like <laughs> figure out what's going on like yeah. uh, I, if Uber came with a truck of money and we are out of contract I would go with Uber but ideally because I live in the city whatever's faster. Uh, it's usually Lyft at this point because of, I've been using them so much. I don't know if I'm a power user, but they just right. seem to work out. Um, but both services are comparable. Yeah, and I'm glad, you know, I'm just glad we have competition. Yes! You know, like if we yes, just had yes, yes. Uber only, uh, imagine how worse it would be. Uh, so competition is always good. Um, let's move on to some quicker news, some quick news topics. Some heavy hitters? Uh, no, small hitters. Okay, small hitters. Um, uh, singles and doubles. <laughs> so Apple uh, is announcing uh, iOS 11 will be a 64-bit only operating system. What's that mean? That means maybe some of your uh, favorite third-party apps will now become obsolete. In fact, there's over 187,000 apps that have been marked for deletion. Marked mark for death. My eyes. Yeah, and I trust me, I have a couple of them. Steven Seagal's rolling in. So um, and he's got two uh, two swords. He's gonna take you down with the Jamaicans. Remember that movie? No. Mark for Death. Oh, Steven Seagal. I think I've seen him. One all. of the, one of the classics, man. Was it? it? Holds up though. The way he runs still bothers me. Uh, the the gait for Steven Seagal in any of his action films. For those of you that are Seagal fans, this is when he was skinny and actually kicking ass. Mm -hmm. uh, he is. He actually does not have a stride with his hands that are further apart than a crocodile. When he runs, it looks like a, <laughs> the, the torso of a crocodile. Imagine this, on uh -huh. two on the hind legs, and and the, the actual swing or of his run for his arms are so short. 
oh. that I remember as a kid trying to run because I felt like if Steven Seagal can run faster that way, I can run faster that way. Messed me up completely all through high school. All I know about Steven Seagal is all of his movies have three-word uh, three titles, right? You got Hard to Kill, Above the Law, oh, Out for Justice, take that to the On bank. Deadly Ground, Marked for Death, Fire Down Below. Like, how did that happen? Dude, I would not mind. Like, and I know that we're in committed relationships, but if we just told our girls goodbye for a weekend and just watched all Steven Seagal films. I would be right? like, in order. We just drink and watch the, the catalog, uh, the body of work in front of us and remember I how either horrible that. or great that is. Yeah. Right? I remember I used to. I think it'll hold up. I used to love the guy as a kid. Right? You know? You know, and you're taking like karate and Aikido, yeah. and he's like this master of Aikido. He knows everything, and he and... always got the girl. Always. <laughs> I don't know if you can make a movie like that these days. I don't know if it would be politically correct enough. That right. being said, these apps. Now, what does getting... that have to do with the apps? The apps were marked for death. Oh. Yes. <laughs> okay, I finally got you get that. It? Thank you. The Thank long you. road that they're going. Why are they going? Because they're not 64 bit, or they have to be 64 bit? Yeah. Yeah, they got to be 64-bit, and, and or else Apple's going to delete them. So, uh, what does that mean to the user? Because uh, ideally, I know what 64-bit. Well, means. in other words, if you have an app, yes. like you have one of your favorite apps, and it looks like it's still running iOS six, it still has that ugly interface. Yes, probably going to die. It's leaving. So unless that developer updates it and pushes out a new, that update, is not the problem with the free app company apps, correct? That is not a problem. Thank God. All right. That being said. I do have an iPad one still, and I'm not a hundred percent though. I will check on. Please that. check. <laughs> Please, the love of God, I don't need a call. But now we recompiled them recently yeah, with you. the latest tool set, so it should be good to go. We'll be a hundred percent when this hits. That being said, I have noticed. By the way, breaking news: Apple came out with a new iPad. They didn't even have a big announcement about it. They put nope. out a press release, right? Yeah, no big deal. Uh, Three hundred fifty dollars. You can get a solid iPad. I think this is a way that, um, and what I, from what I've heard from the experts, this yeah. is a way to really jumpstart iPad sales yeah. so you can upgrade. I have a one, iPad one. You do? Still yeah. running here. It still down works? Here. It still works. Though, as of late, I'll tell you, every time I try to update uh, or upload an app, Mm -hmm. They're like, eh, we've stopped supporting this. Oh, no, you're still on iOS 6. Yes. Or, no, it's iOS 5.1. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's in the fives. Yeah. We're on iOS 11. This thing's about to die. Well, it's not time there to yet on iOS 11. I think it's going to hit in June. When yeah. the answer, the, Got to upgrade, though. A 350 iPhone. with a new iPad. Get yeah. a solid iPad. Can't go wrong. So um, I was considering an iPad. I'd like to get a new one. Yeah. What, what version do you have? Uh, I have the original. I have OG. I have the two, and then I got the I guess Air. the fourth one, um, which was pretty heavy. Yeah. So I'm I'm like way behind. I'm years and years and years behind. Well, I think that that speaks volumes. A, let's keep let's, let's give a little more perspective on your iPad uh, situation. You need them to test your apps. Oh, that's what they're used for. And yes. uh, yeah. But if you didn't need But them, I mean like a personal one I would keep on my nightstand. Yeah, I don't have saying. a personal I'm one. I'm saying that you use them for work. Yeah. But if you could get a better one with a nicer mm -hmm. screen and it's lighter, right. it'd be something I think everyone would use a little more. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know I'm sold on my Google Pixel. Mm -hmm. I'm not going back. This is my primary phone. Um, but I do like iOS. And I could see myself... Maybe having an iPad on the nightstand, yeah. so because that's where I like to consume articles. We have them here in the studio, and figuring out a way to get a little, a few more iPads so people can run their own volumes and settings on them. Pretty yeah. crazy. 
So, uh, so yeah. Update your apps, especially developers out you there. You might have to look for new apps um, unless you uh, reach out to the developers. They always give you an email address. So you can uh, see if your friendly developer of your favorite app will actually do an update. I'm considering it. I had a few people email me going, hey, man, what, are you going to update the you know White Nose Storm? I haven't updated in like mm-hmm. five years. Uh, but that's going to be one of the apps that goes away if I don't update it. I think you can handle that. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. It's, hard, it's hard to work on something you don't care about anymore. Well, yeah, and right? there's just like, there's no motivation, and that's the problem. Like, that's why so many apps are going to die, because developers are not making any money off of them, so they're like, screw this. I'm not going to spend any more time on this. But that's an opportunity for the, the guys that are actually working on, on yeah, their apps, right? Yeah, that's, that's the opportunity. Switch over to something else that's, that's being supported. And, uh, yeah, crying to a developer probably won't work unless that developer is actually making money, which is very rare. Tweet them. Tweet them. Yeah, they'll, they'll actually record a or podcast. Email, 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 email them. Email them. That's always uh, the best. Support story. at you-know-who. We have uh, a story out of Russia. Russia Risky. finds Apple guilty of iPhone price fixing, potentially facing fines, but it looks like um, Apple is working with uh, Russia authorities on this. Uh, it, there, there hasn't been an announcement if there's a fine. If there is, Apple could pay up to 15% of its sales over on Russia. So, Vladdy, um, Vladdy, Vladdy, why are you messing with our companies now? <laughs> Come on, Gee, I wonder man. why. Come on. Like, is there anything good that the media is saying about Russia? Just name one thing. I'm, I'm listening. I'll look at the uh, mail, order, mail order brides. This is the last time I heard Top Russia's tier, our friend, by the way. Top tier. The last I heard. Oh, I, I, you know what? I don't even want to answer that question. I'm really? Well, I don't know enough about Russia. Let's, I don't. Let's go to Russia. Let's I know, go to Russia do, together. Do, we I, went to China. I'll go to Russia. Let's go to Russia. Why do we just go to, to uh, post-communist countries? <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, if you look at our passports, I mean, that's quite some travel. I'd love to go to Russia. I would like to go to I Russia go. before it gets. I want to be like, say, hey, we don't. Not all of us hate you. No, I you want. Know? I want to go over there to taste the vodka. Okay, right. I do to see the sights. Uh, good we go, sights. We go, we go straight good to sights. Moscow, though. You know, my book, Tap Move Shape, was published in Russia. Yeah, Lublub Lebia. Someone sent know. me a photo from a Russian bookstore. My yeah. book, dude. Sitting there. You book it. Uh, we'll make it a company trip, and yeah. we'll move on with our lives and visit Mother Russia and create some sort of uh, dialogue. I want to like. I want to get to to. I want to get out there and see. I just what's wanna, it like over there. I want to get there before they lose all their culture. Hmm. That's what I want to. Oh, there. is that right? Are well, they I mean, losing uh, their no, culture? No, because it's a global. It's a global economy now, right? So right. everybody's. I mean, everybody's fighting against it, but uh, but I would say that uh, even going to Beijing, you know, because all I knew was National Geographic and YouTube videos, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I missed out on that window before they became completely capitalized. Well, wow. Right? I think this is interesting. So you can't, uh, Apple said that uh, they ordered retailers to fix prices of their iPhone 5 and 6 models, and apparently that is illegal. So just like, you know, all the prices are fixed here in America... Apparently, that's against the law in Russia. You can't fix your price. Not everything's great. No, but anyway. maybe that's interesting. So you could actually like bargain shop for your new iPhone and only in Russia. Yeah, it's called eBay second market. 
Do that there. No, but I'm talking about a new device, man. Oh, slightly, slightly used? Like you could go, Den and you, scratch. Could, you could bargain shop, you could maybe even yeah, haggle not, for a cheaper well, price. But the iPhone isn't built for the for the guy who's haggling. The iPhone is built for someone that wants to pay top dollar. I don't see them haggling on pixels. By the way, Todd, if they win this, they're going to go after everybody. <laughs> it's a domino well, effect. I, I, think, I think they won. Russian uh, dominoes. They've, they've clearly won. You can't price fix, so... Uh, interesting story coming out it's of Russia. It's what the market will bear. Yeah. It's and how many ruples it costs to buy them. It sounds like you're all in on this Russia thing. I'm willing to go to Russia. I mean, it sounds like a free market over Russian there. Russian tea. <laughs> what else are they known for? Vodka. 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 Vod- they're known for hacking elections. That's what oh, they're known for. That's alleged. Alleged. Though I don't want to get into Allegedly. that. Allegedly. Maybe. Probably. Who knows? All right. What else do we got before we get um, out of here? Um... Let's see. Well, we had a Mobile World Congress. Barcelona? Yes. and uh, I don't feel like enough comes out of the Mobile World Congress. Well, be truthful to you. Um, a lot of, I guess you would say... Uh, kind of like our Congress. Waka, 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 waka. Well, you look at the top, the top three <laughs> smartphones or what? What uh, we've got uh, Samsung, mm-hmm. we have Apple, mm-hmm. and we have Google. Right. And all three of those, they have their own events. They have their own events. They wait for it for their big announcements. Samsung does, does announce stuff. They have a big um, booth there. They, they announced the new Galaxy Tab S3, but that was all they announced. Uh, they're going to save the S8, which is coming out and being announced in a couple days. Um, and I guess we can probably end on that news because it seems like all of the rumors have come out about the S8. I'm excited, and I, and I constantly go on Twitter and Facebook and try to, I guess, parse through the fake news that says the Vibe 2 is coming out sometime soon, uh, much like people are waiting for the new What's iPhone. the Vibe? The Vive. Vibe. Vive. The HTC oh, Vive. the Vive. Yes. I'm I waiting. have the Vive. You have the Vive one, and per is your a Vive two coming out? I'm waiting. You said, oh, you just you're creating fake news right now. You, no, there is a rumor that one is right in the works, and it's going to be wireless. Allegedly, what? yes. No. I'm telling you, that's impossible. How are they going to transmit that kind of bandwidth? I don't Man. know, but they're not coming out this year. They're coming out next year. But everybody said this year. You told me to wait for the Vive two, and I've been waiting. And all I wanted is to jack in my computer and. Uh, and play the, the the rock and roll game that you mm. you hooked up in the in the office simulator. I love the office simulator. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Well, it's, it's fun for parties. Shannon just she's like, when when are we gonna have time to go over Todd and Marissa's so we can play the the sim where she plays with um, the rock star uh, mm. games where she has shields. Yes, the music. The it's music kinda, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much one. you can do. Audio Shield. It's called. Yeah, Audio Shield. That's a fun game. Like a kid uh, at home. I'm like, look, we, your, your mom's in town this weekend. Maybe next weekend we can hang out. Who knows? Yeah. I'm not seeing any rumors here. Um, you probably I'm, don't get subscribed to the fake news I do. <laughs> but it, clearly it's coming. The S8 is real news coming out uh, in a couple, at least the announcement's coming out uh, March 28th, which is probably the same day you're listening to this uh, podcast. Um, looks like they're going to come out with the S8 and the S8 Plus. And um, the display looks amazing. There's already photos that have been linked. We're talking about a resolution of 2960 by 1440. Um, that's just a, a ton of pixels. I'm sure the screen looks amazing. It looks edge to edge to me. Like the whole thing looks like a screen. Uh, they have a 5.8 inch version, a 6.2 for the plus version. Same 12 megapixel camera that can shoot uh, 4K video. Looks like they're upgrading the selfie camera to, uh, I believe it was 
uh, eight megapixels. But um, I think the most interesting thing is they said the camera, the video camera, will be able to do a thousand frames per second. Can you imagine? No. What are I usually at? What do I have now? Sixty. Well, yeah, you have on my phone, uh, and I think I, I one twenty. You, you can go to one twenty. Yeah. I think I don't know if you. I think it's one twenty. You have a choice. You know, when I look at my phone here on the iPhone seven, of course, that's all going to be like super slow motion, and iPhone uh, is very cool. That's a very cool feature, uh, especially when you're doing action shots. So, um, a thousand frames per second. Wow, uh, that could be pretty interesting. Shot on iPhone is something I don't I'm not as blown away by anymore mm -hmm. because we've shot small uh, segments on an iPhone and it looks beautiful. It does. Right? It does. Um, it's just getting better and I think everybody's just catching up to it. So <laughs> the camera's cool. You know what I like about the, the S8? Yes. It comes with a micro SD card. Ah, yes. So you're going to have 64 gigs and then you have uh, the micro SD. You're going to need it with 1,000 frames per second. Let me tell you, that's, that's going to be a ton of video. Uh, it looks like the, really the only difference between the S8 and the S8 Plus uh, will be the battery size, 3,000 to 3,500, of course, screen size. Uh, price tag of, well, this is in euros, 7.99 to 8.99 for the Plus. Granted, these are all just rumors, but uh, a lot of people are saying these are official leaks that uh, are legit, but we'll find out uh, March 29th, actually. So for some uh, clarification, recording slow-mo is 240 frames per second. Nice, okay. And 1080, uh, well, 1080 at 60 frames per second. Okay. iPhone 7, that's the latest All stats right. there. So 240 is pretty good. 1,000, can you it's imagine? It's mind-blowing. You're going to be able to like record drips of water and make those super slow-motion videos be pretty cool looking. Um, so cool stuff. Time for apps of the week. That's right. Apps of the week. What do you got? My app of the week is the TMOS app, which I updated. Yes, it's true. I updated. Uh, it's been a couple years out of date. The full suite, actually. Yeah, the whole suite. The so whole we have suite. TMOS, B-O-A-D, Tech 411. It's all been updated. Please download them. Give them another try. We fixed a lot of bugs, a lot of issues you guys have reported over the years. And uh, the most in important feature that I think is called the live stream yes. for TMOS. Exclusive to the app, at least for now. you got to yeah. check it out when you guys are doing the show. Um, you we guys, go live. You will go live. You'll flip app. the switch. And you'll hear the live show as it's being recorded. You hear the live show, but you also get to interact with the live show as you can call in live on any topics. That's right. And there's a little handy button, a little icon. You tap and it calls directly to the show. Also, if you haven't had your fill of TMOS, when the live show isn't streaming, maybe you're actually doing work when we're recording the show, yeah. uh, you can jump in your car and essentially hear a suite and uh, a collection of uh, best ofs from the TMOS world that allows you to, and the best way I told Mike, it feels like I'm listening to old JFK again. Yeah, I think that's a really cool feature because there's something always playing. Yeah. And it is kind of like a radio station yeah. now. And then when you guys go live, it just flips immediately and everyone can listen to the live show. So there's always something going on. Very cool feature. So you, you can never, you, you can never want for more content, uh, content especially from our family here at Team OS. Uh, thank you so much for all the hard work, Tomo. And I know that um, we're going to continue uh, really evolving this product as the months go by. Uh, speaking of evolving, 
Todd, you realize that this is probably the fifth or sixth or seventh iteration of a soundboard or mixing console we've used here at uh, the World Broadcasting Headquarters for the Michael Mara Show in Tech 411 in Washington, D.C. Now, uh, most of you might not know that we, we are completely digital and we use an iPad Pro to drive the faders and compressors here in studio. Uh, the iPad Pro uh, and it has a software that's, uh, or the, the mixer has a software that comes with it that you can download for free. Um, and recently we realized here in the studio that this virtual board that's on your iPad can be run on multiple devices as long as the devices are connected to the Wi-Fi network. And recently we realized that the, this virtual board that's running on the main console, the iPad in front of Rob Spiewak for, per se, can actually be run on multiple devices as long as they're on the same Wi-Fi network. What's the app called? It's called Master Fader 4. Mm. And if you have a Mackie app, you simply download this app and you can have multiple people on the, as long as they're on the wireless network, the same one, run their actual uh, volume level. If, instead of having a cough button, you have a mute button there. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a really a use that today. It's a great hack overall for those of you that are building your home, um, your home uh, studios, and people always ask me, what's the best equipment to use? The hundreds of dollars you'll save by buying one of these boards, mm -hmm. and people are really weary about digital because they like the knobs, they like the analog it's the future. Side. Get, it, get, get it together, people. Yeah. The future's here. Less wires. Nah, man. Vacuum tubes sound so much better. <laughs> you know, we tried that on TMOS. Sure. Rob had us run out and buy these vacuum tube compressors mm -hmm. to warm the sound up yeah yeah and you know what it did it made the sound really uh, sound like garbage that's all it did <laughs> what yeah it actually i thought it was good it degraded the vacuum tube degraded yes for depending on what you're doing right yeah but we're recording like we're wow. not recording an you know album rob he likes that old-timey stuff yes i was like dude this sounds like it's an eight track <laughs> So yeah, uh, if you're if you're ready for the digital world, do this. It mm -hmm. gives you full integration, and you can have multiple um, hosts, if you will, run their either their level or the show level, multiple stations. I would mm. I would actually I was in the hallway here, which is at least a fifty feet away from this Wi-Fi signal, and I was still running the volume, ah. which is pretty cool. Wow. So and and you can have up to how many devices? Four devices. Four. So. While uh, Rob is trying to manage this thing, we could be effing with them and like secretly changing the volumes on all you these could, tracks. Uh, technically, work against them as yeah. well. Yes, we could sabotage the show. It'd <laughs> be great. Yes. A lot of fun. So it's uh, Master Fader Four. It's on iOS. There is an iteration on Android. We found it during the pre-show, 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 pre-show meeting. Um, not sure. It's. It, yeah, I think you have to have the actual hardware to run on the Android side. But if you've got an iOS device, whether it's uh, an iOS uh, seven, you have to have above iOS. Eight to run the software. Okay. You should know that. You should, everyone should have yes. eight by now, unless you're um, on an original iPad. Yeah, um, but y you can definitely use it. And I just kind of blew my mind this this past week when we're all running our volume levels here in studio, and we did it from one source. All right, very cool. Uh, that's it for show 166. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. This is the sound. This is Tech 411. The preceding program was brought to you by More Broadcasting. For more information, visit us at morebroadcasting.com.